1: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Started off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter Wonderful Pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch. And the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, Wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR.
0: This is the Best of the Herd with
2: Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. Ready to roll. It's a Tuesday live in Los Angeles. It's the herd. Wherever you may be watching. Wherever you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Nick Wright, one hour from now. The herd hierarchy, one hour from now. You're not going to believe who I've got in the herd hierarchy. I feel very strongly about it. And you won't believe who's out. Jay Merrick. I don't think I've ever led with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I would prefer not to lead ever a show with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So I'm going to broaden this topic out today because something happened in this game, and it wasn't the 500 yards of offense by a backup quarterback. I'm not going to talk about that now either. Um, I got a, I got a, a feeling, J-Mac, and I want you to hear me out on this, is that businesses will show you how committed they are. Pay attention. Should you resign with a company? Do you like a company? Should you move to a company? How do they treat their best employees? How do they treat their employees? I can't take the Jaguar seriously. This will feel like a little thing to you, but it bothered the heck out of me. Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, writhing in pain. Three minutes it takes him to get off the field. He's 6'5", 230. He's a big kid. He plays hurt all the time. He is in real pain. He's furious. Players feel sadness, even for the other team. Takes him minutes to get off the field. The team will not be the same without him. He's a wonderful young man. Met him twice. He he wants to play. He can't. He literally can't move. He's so frustrated. And then they show him leaving the field with a security guard. You don't have a cart? For God's sakes, it's Florida. Everybody owns a golf cart. A security guard? Where's Dom when you need him? He's a $400 million franchise player. And a security guard's helping him off the field. That may be a little thing to you, but there's a reason the Niners and the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Packers, there's a reason teams are good year after year after year because they commit to the players. Baltimore, say what you want about the Cowboys, they care deeply. It drives them nuts when they lose. They treat their players well. They treat their employees well. It matters. He's the star employee, and you don't have a cart for him to leave the field? Maybe you should move to Orlando because you're such a Mickey Mouse operation. He's Trevor Lawrence. He saved the franchise. You've got to go play in London back-to-back. You have to tarp the upper deck of your stadium, and this is how you treat him? ridiculous god if there's any place in America that should have golf carts around the stadium it's a team in Florida Jacksonville a retirement area maybe maybe there was a golf cart and he didn't want to get on it you demand he gets on it you demand he's treated well that's how you treat employees these athletes every Sunday go out they give their bodies for entertainment and for billionaire owners that's what they do with pride and love for their teammates and the franchise star goes down, and you got a security guard helping him off the field. Bush League. You're a half-committed franchise. I watched Jake Browning play in college. I didn't think he was, you know, gonna go to the NFL and throw for <laughs> four or five hundred yards, whatever he threw for. So I was very happy for him. He's a former Washington Husky, California kid. All my buddies are texting me. You said he couldn't play, he can play. I'm happy for him. And, you know, shocking Jacksonville in a a Monday night football game. You would think it's a Monday night football game for a a lowbrow franchise. You want to show the country we got our act together. We're a first class operation. This drove me nuts. By the way, even if Trevor Lawrence is like, I'm not using a cart, you walk over and you get his butt on a cart. That's how you treat athletes. That's how you treat players. These guys give their bodies for us. They give their bodies, their family, the sacrifice, the commitment. The NFL can cut them. The owners are gajillionaires. A security guard? Look at that kid. He's 6'4", 6'5", 240, and he can't put weight on his foot. He's a $400 million quarterback. Drove me crazy. People show you how committed they are. Believe them. I'm a free agent. I see that. No thank you. I'm out. Because they don't treat you like that in San Francisco. They don't treat you like that in Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got a security guard. If you get close to their players, he's, getting, he's in your face. And I may not love that, but I do appreciate how certain organizations have treated their players for years. People committed deserve to win. That's why when a Baltimore wins, or a Green Bay wins, or a Philadelphia wins... I'm for people who are committed to their employees. You can tell me that doesn't matter. It matters. Drove me nuts. Maybe it didn't drive you nuts. Drives me nuts. (sighs) Okay. Now, I wouldn't call it a travesty. That's what Florida State fans are calling Florida State being left out of the college football playoff. Unfortunately, some media members are buying into the travesty stuff. Um, I think it's a little over the top. Why do I think it's over the top? Because Michigan, Michigan and Alabama are going to meet in a semifinal game. And they are going to beat the all-time television ratings for the semifinals. Translation, we're over it. That's who we really wanted to watch. By the way, next year, because of SCC Big Ten expansion, and because of the 12-team playoffs... It will destroy any previous record of college football ratings. Translation, the Florida State thing, we we don't really care. We we don't really care. We want to watch the big programs, Oregon, Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, play each other. Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, play each other. You can call it a travesty. I call it better programming. Uh, By the way, another add to this. This year was the most watched college football season ever. Another translation. Florida State didn't drive those ratings. When you live in a tiny tunnel, you believe your little problems, your misunderstandings, your misfortune are travesties. It doesn't rise to that. But since we're using that ridiculous word for college football, a travesty, you know what I think a travesty is? Georgia. They can argue they got hosed. Georgia has won 29 straight games before they lost to Alabama. As good as Pete Carroll's teams were, as good as Nick Saban's teams have been through his dynasty, 29 straight games in the toughest conference easily in college football. Let's be honest. Recruiting rankings, go look at the top 10 recruiters. SEC's got a majority. Look at the first and second, third round of the NFL draft. SEC. It's been like this for 20 years. The games, the loudest crowds, the biggest crowds, the most committed staffs, the richest coaches. Georgia loses a game on which their tight end and receiver are both dinged up. And they lose it to Alabama, the second best program currently in the world in college football. And Georgia's sixth. The hell? They got hosed. Georgia plays Florida State. They're a two-touchdown favorite. Georgia would be favored over every single team that made the tournament, including Alabama. Again, everybody but Michigan. And maybe Michigan. And we just cast them aside. I think it's unfair that Florida State gets to play in that wobbly ACC conference that is so bad that Florida State's been trying to get out of it for two years because they know how weak it is. It's a pinata. I think it's unfair that SEC teams have to go on the road and play in front of 95,000 people every week. There is never a seat. I've been to SEC games. By Wednesday, there's Winnebago's parked in the parking lot. You can't get in. The SEC championship, it cost you 580 bucks to get a ticket. It cost you 42 for the Pac-12, and I love the Pac-12. I did love it. It's over. $600. Why? Because it means more. They advertise it. I work at Fox. We don't have the SEC. So you can't say, I'm I'm a cowherd, you're you're defending... No, 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 no. We go against the SEC. This company doesn't have the SEC. I've got no connection to the SEC. But Georgia can yell they got screwed. They won 29 straight games, 26 by blowout. It's an NFL factory. They're favored by two touchdowns over Florida State. They have to go on the road every other Saturday. 90,000 people in humidity, NFL bodies rich coaching staffs, and basketball conference FSU, ACC guys, basketball conference, trying to get out because it's so weak, they think it's a travesty? The travesty, you're going to meet that travesty in a few weeks, and they're going to beat you 38-7. to You go ahead and whine in Tallahassee. It's outrageous. If you want to use travesty, and I think that's silly for any college sport, but if you want to use travesty, how we cast aside Georgia – they, ha- As Dennis Miller said, they stomp people like a narc at a bankers rally, babe. They destroy everybody. They lose one game close to Alabama, and they're sixth? They'd be favored over everybody in the tournament. Be careful about using travesty, because in four weeks when you get clobbered, we're all going to laugh at you. We're going to make fun of you. And college football's ratings this year, next year, SEC ratings are through the roof. Translation, you're travesty. It's just sort of unfortunate for the rest of us. Again, the chairman, the committee guy, laid out a very realistic reason. I watched Florida State. I was willing to give them a shot. Years ago, Ohio State had a backup quarterback, and I watched it, and I thought, I'm not going to let them in. And then they beat Wisconsin 59 nothing, and I went, okay, I'll let Ohio State in. Wisconsin's a pretty good program. I'll let them in. They beat them 59 nothing. When's the last time Wisconsin lost 59 nothing? Had you been... Forty-two to fourteen. If you could pick up back-to-back first downs in the first half, you probably would have gotten in. But now it's a travesty. Here's boo corrigan
3: The player availability was really important to, to what's going on, and, and I think someone said it there. You know, you can lose a running back, you could lose a wide receiver, but you know, a quarterback as dynamic as uh, Jordan Travis it, it changes their offense in its entirety. Florida State is a different team than they were through the
0: first 11 weeks.
2: Florida State, when you play Georgia in a few weeks, be very careful about the travesty talk because people are going to unload on you if you can't get four first downs. And that's a possibility, and I'm not joking. If Georgia is reasonably focused and under Kirby Smart, they usually are. The history of college football, teams that complain about the bowl game they're in get crushed. Georgia, deep down, didn't spend a lot of time complaining about not getting in. They're disappointed. But the fact they're sixth? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Georgia hasn't been sixth in anything in like five years. All right, J-Mac. I had, I had a lot of energy. I slept well last night. Fired up today, huh? Going after
3: Jacksonville Jaguars at FSU. What do you have against Florida, huh? Uh,
2: nothing. I don't. But it just circumstantially today that <laughs> those two places ticked me off. I just won't, you know, I won't vacation there in the next few months.
3: Probably a wise idea.
1: Uh, I will ask you, though, um,
3: have you taken a gander at the Bengals' schedule the rest of the way?
2: Let's not go crazy because a backup had an individual game against Jacksonville. They play four
3: backup quarterbacks in the next five weeks, Kyle. I'm talking AFC bad backups. The Bengals are live to sneak into the playoffs. And Jake Browning in a wild card game. That's not a joke. Look at the schedule.
2: Two weeks ago, Jordan Palmer, who comes on our show, the quarterback guru, texted me and he said, Jake Browning can play. Be very careful. Jake Browning. I watched him at college 20 times. And I was like, I don't think he can get the ball down the field, but he looked good. He's like 27. He was in college like I know, I know. five years ago. He was never a big-armed guy. He was a smart kid. He won a lot of games. Everybody likes him. He's yeah. a great kid, great family, all that stuff. But he's he not a big-armed guy. And generally in the NFL, you got to be able to push the ball down the field. He looked great. You know who
0: didn't see this coming? Jake Browning. did not see last <laughs> night coming. Nobody knew that was coming. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app.
2: Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours
1: unbelievable when you get travel perks with amex platinum you're part of the action that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at american express.com with amex hi let's
2: talk about pro plan sport pro plan sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours so whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run start your journey off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. All right, welcome back. My rant, my rant's over. So uh, when I watched Trevor Lawrence get hurt last night, and it's not like I had any great conviction that Jacksonville was going to run the table in the AFC. I didn't trust him, and they've shown an inability to beat the Chiefs. But I was watching that injury last night, and my takeaway is Kansas City's getting to the Super Bowl. Yes, after losing to Green Bay, Kansas City's getting to the Super Bowl. So now Joe Burrow's out, obstacle. Trevor Lawrence out, obstacle. He'll come back probably, won't be 100%. And Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Indy, wild card teams, they all have backup quarterbacks. Miami, you already beat them, and they don't do well against good teams that are physical. Baltimore, love them, but Lamar Jackson has struggled in the playoffs. That's indisputable, and I love him. Houston, rookie coach, rookie quarterback, they're not getting to the AFC Championship. Forget the Super Bowl. So if Kansas City beats Buffalo this week, and I think they will, it's my favorite bet on the board, minus two and a half, I love the Chiefs, put a nail in that coffin. And, you know, the Patriots had a lot of bumps during their dynasty. And this is a dynasty now, Kansas City. Believe it or not, it is. I mean, in the NBA, if you win back-to-backs, you're, you know you start giving them nicknames. This is a dynasty. This is what a dynasty looks like. In Kansas City, like New England, there was a lot of bumps during a lot of seasons. But you throw in the fact that Kansas City's strength is their defense. It's the best in Mahomes' era. And it's going to match up just fine against rookie quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, and Trevor Lawrence, not at 100%. In fact, if you go back and look at Brady, this is starting to remind me of the Tom Brady Tampa year. So remember, Brady, uh, 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 that year, there was a lot of offensive turbulence. The defense was good, young, and fast. Defense wasn't a problem. The problem was they had to get Vitavia back. The Chiefs need to get Bolton back. But the offense had turbulence. Then they got a couple of breaks. The schedule lightened up. Kansas City's schedule, 8-4 and four Chiefs, lightens up. They're going to face Bailey Zappi, a backup quarterback for Vegas. Jake Browning, uh, the untrustable Chargers, and a Buffalo team that's swirling. All right, so both teams, that Tampa Brady team and this team, offensive turbulence, missing one defensive star, Uh, The schedule lightens up. Both had a veteran quarterback who's won Super Bowls, a veteran coach who knows Super Bowls, and a good defense that was missing a guy. Also, there was not a dominant team in that NFC. Green Bay was the number one seed, and Tampa had already beaten them. There is not a dominant team in the AFC that's in Kansas City's way. Miami is scary, but Kansas City's already beaten them. So this is lining up as your classic older... Veteran team. Defense probably has more good players than the offense. Super Bowl winning coach. Arians, Andy Reid. Veteran guys who know their stuff. They've been around the trophy room. Tom Brady. You know, Arians had been involved with teams that had been. Remember, he got anointed. Was it in Pittsburgh? The, you know, I mean, Arians knew his way around the NFL. Andy Reid's obviously great. Veteran quarterbacks who've held up trophies. Defense was probably better personnel-wise than the offense. The schedule all lightens up. There's no dominant team in your conference. It's sort of bumpy. And then you start... Putting W after W. And I think the Chiefs win this weekend. My money on the 8-4 and four Chiefs now to win the AFC. Burrow gone. Trevor Lawrence gone. Rookie quarterbacks a star. Backup quarterbacks on wildcard teams.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.
2: Okay, so I have defended Robert Sala, coach of the Jets, because I think he knows his side of the ball. But this thing's getting to be a circus. Yesterday... You know, Diana Russini, <clears throat> who's a very trustable reporter, she writes for The Athletic. She is incre- She's as well-sourced as any reporter in the world doing this football thing. And she basically said there was a story that, you know, Robert Sala's like, Zach, we want you to play again. And Zach's like, hard pass. So Sala came up and sort of defended, Z- you know, Zach Wilson and the situation yesterday. Let's be clear. Um... If he was reluctant to play, guys, he wouldn't be here. All right. Uh, I actually coincidentally just got done speaking with him. Uh, he came in about a half hour ago, and we had a really good conversation. The young man wants the ball. He wants to start. He believes he's the best uh, quarterback in the room and best quarterback for this team and the, best, and the guy who gives us the best chance to win. Um, and I'll tell you guys the same thing I told him. I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that he wants to play. I'm just not there yet. I don't know the truth, but I trust Diana. I don't know. Um, here's the thing. This team is now spiraling out of control. It's one thing to be bad because quarterback plays bad. You can retain your job. I worry now that Sala, it looks like a circus and he's in trouble. I mean, we have, we're we answering questions now about if the quarterback wants to play. Woody Johnson, who's impulsive to begin with, this is not good. At some point, this is, and we had this discussion with our staff this morning. Robert Sala needs to now take control of this franchise, period. Or he's going to get run out of New York, and nobody's going to hire defensive coaches. We'll get into that later. But the Packers coddled Aaron Rodgers at the end. It didn't work. And the Jets have coddled Aaron Rodgers. It's a disaster. Aaron is a 40-year-old quarterback who's passed his prime. This is a weak offensive line, and you hired his buddy at O.C., I don't know Nat Hackett, but if I'm Sala, I go hire an OC. I pay him as well as anybody in the league. I get somebody that gets the very most, not a buddy of the quarterback. Businesses that let individual employees guide their decisions get in big trouble. Those are called desperate businesses. Go look at the current mock drafts. It's a lot of desperate businesses at the top. So I would trade Sauce Gardner. Robert Sala doesn't have that juice in the building, but I would trade him. I think I think we've seen the best of Sauce, and I think he'll remain a top three or four corner. But um, I'd move him and get draft picks. I'd fix that offensive line, because whoever your quarterback is, it's got to be better. But Sala's got to take control of this thing. Let's be honest about Aaron Rodgers. And I know you all think I hate him. No, I don't. He's fun to watch on television. I never root against good quarterbacks, ever. I wanted Baker Mayfield to be better. I did. I don't like bad quarterback play. But Aaron is a little bit of a needy 40-year-old quarterback. Old quarterbacks need better offensive lines. This is a bad one. He's a beautiful thrower of the football. That is what Aaron Rodgers is. But he needs to be coached because when he doesn't allow you to coach, it unravels. It did late with Mike McCarthy when he wouldn't listen to coaching. It did at the end when he had more power than Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. They couldn't beat Detroit at home and get to the playoffs. And this year, stop coddling him. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not as good as Burrow when he's healthy. He's not as big and strong as talented as Josh Allen. That's not what he is. He's a 40-year-old off an Achilles surgery, and old quarterbacks need better O-lines, and your O-line's a mess, Sala's got to take control, get rid of Hackett, move Lazard, it's my franchise, I'm going down my way, not your way. If Aaron comes back and plays pretty well next year, what is he, the future? It's not the future. Zach Wilson's not the future, but Aaron's not the future. And I'd vote Aaron Rodgers first ballot Hall of Fame. I always told you I liked Aaron much more than Brett Favre. I was much more an Aaron guy than Brett Favre, was seat of the pants, gunslinger, not coachable. I think Aaron can be coachable. I think Aaron likes sometimes to be coached hard. But Green Bay coddled him at the end. It didn't work. The Jets are coddling him. It doesn't work. He's not that good anymore. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Lamar. He's not Mahomes. When Burrow's healthy, he's not Joe Burrow. You can't let a 40-year-old off an Achilles surgery, desperate for a good old line, and you have a bad one, control the franchise. Aaron would say, I'm not controlling the franchise. Alan Lazard's here. Randall Cobb's here. Hackett's here. Yeah, you are. It's time for Sala to take it over. Because I think he can coach. I don't like defensive coaches. I'm an offensive coach guy. But this is now, it's gone from bad quarterback play to looks like a total circus. And Woody Johnson's going, this guy can't even control the locker room. That gets you fired.
0: One more H.E.R.D.? The H.E.R.D. streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search H.E.R.D. to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: Here we go, the herd hierarchy. Ah! Herd hierarchy.
4: Time is now. Let's go.
2: The top 10 NFL teams according to college. Number 10. I think the Green Bay Packers have won 4 of 5 I don't think it was a fluke. I think they're playing well. This is the best their defense has played in several years. They're 16-0 in December under Matt LaFleur. 3 straight games without a turnover. Listen, Jordan Love is going to have some erratic play. He he's a little bit of a Josh Allen, you know. He he's side arming it and but he has confidence. Matt is a great late season coach. They're getting a real pass rush. Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, these are not standings. I don't care how bad he was in October. That's not what we do here. Green Bay's a top 10. Maybe I have him underserved a spot, team in the league, ten. Number nine. Listen, I'm not gonna sell all my stock on Buffalo. They're gonna lose to the Chiefs, but it's gonna be competitive three-point road loss to the Eagles is not the end of the world. They rank five in point differential. Josh Allen's an insane all-time talent. I still think they have a good, though not great, coach. The best third-down offense in the league. Their offense in the red zone. They get touchdowns, not field goals. Now, it's too dependent on Josh Allen. It's a good football operation. I respect a lot of people in the building. They are just, they can't quite get the details right. Number eight. Houston. They've won four or five, eight consecutive games decided by one possession. They're not a great team. They're a highly functioning, well-coached team with a star rookie quarterback. I like them a lot. This is not a fluke. Denver was on a roll, and they beat Denver, and Denver struggled to move the ball. Russell Wilson had his first bad game in several weeks. Now, right now they got so many of these... Good players are kids. Nico Collins and C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Tank Dell, uh, uh, Damian Pierce a couple years ago. They're a very young football team, but I like them, and I have them at eight. Number seven. Miami I worry about. They got one way to play. They're one and three against teams 500 or better, but the number one passing offense, the number two rushing offense, they're number one in the red zone offense, so they score touchdowns, and I think Mike McDaniel is basically – Uh, He's an Ivy League version of Kyle Shanahan. Their speed, speed matters. Uh, I I just like him. I like what I see. I have my doubts about them against the elite teams and elite defenses, but it should be noted their defense is getting better. Miami, maybe a spot low, but I have him at seven. Number six. Detroit. O-line, run game, 14-4 and over the last 18 regular season games. Yeah, they mailed it in against Green Bay. It got whacked, but maybe Green Bay is better than we think. Their defense, I don't think you can solve their defensive problems. But I also think because of their ball control style, Goff, the run game, they could also beat virtually anybody in the NFC, including Dallas. If that offensive line was leaning in, they played with a lead, um, played in good weather. So I don't think they're going to win in cold weather in Philly, but they could go down to Dallas and win or have a home game and win. I have Detroit at six. Number five. I think Kansas City will keep moving up. Right now, they're five. They've got key injuries on defense. They're going to get healthier. They've got an offensive line issue. They're going to get healthier. But they've lost three of five games. They don't give you 400 yards of offense. They're still trying to rework their wide receiving core. Right now, they've got a lot of things that have converged. Untimely injuries, all to the same spot. Young wide receivers. They're going to be fine. But I mean, listen, Mahomes, you're watching it in real time. Teachers getting upset with students. You're watching it. They're fine. They're going to get better. I said this 35 minutes ago. They're going to get to the AFC championship. But the hurt hierarchies today and right now, today, they're beat up and they're not a great team yet. Number four, Baltimore. I keep putting them at four. I like them a lot. Number one rush offense, number one scoring defense, and Lamar's gone back to back games without a turnover. Uh, they can be a little sloppy in the fourth quarter. I don't know if I trust them against the best teams late. They've been very fortunate where they've gotten some of the tougher games at home: Seattle, Detroit, and just hammered them once again. They get a, a Rams team playing well at home, traveling cross country, so fortuitous a bit in the schedule. I like them a lot. I love the organization. I respect everybody. They got. Real speed and Zay Flowers. I have him at four and I've had him there for a while. Number three. Let's not let's not sell the farm on Philadelphia. They had played Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, and San Francisco in four straight weeks. They looked tired. They look exhausted in the second half. You cannot face the Cowboys, the Chiefs, Buffalo and San Francisco. And you know it's not college. The margins are tight. I just thought they looked exhausted. Um, I think they're going to bounce back and play a really good game against Dallas, but that's their schedule. Now it's going to go Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas. This team, that, that that's harder than a playoff run. So, I mean, usually the first round of the playoffs, you get a game at home you should win. They look like a tired, beat-up team that's talented, like Kansas City. They will right the ship. they got to step off the treadmill for about 30 minutes and take a break, but I still like Philly. Number two. Dallas. Now, they don't have any wins over uh, uh, a winning – you know, no wins over teams currently with a winning record, but they're not giving the ball up. And they only have 10 giveaways. Dak's playing in rhythm. I think they can be at times a bit CD Lamb resiant, but fer- uh, reliant, but Ferguson now playing well. Brandon Cooks matters more now. Uh, Tony Pollard's getting into the end zone. Tyron Smith left tackle is healthy. This is a very, very good football team. Now, you can't put them one, and I don't know if I trust them, in January in a big spot. But we have to be fair. Right now, they're healthy. They're playing well. They have an emerging star at corner. We thought Trayvon Diggs gone for the season. It would hurt. Well, they found another guy, Dallas at two number one san francisco's destroyed dallas and philadelphia uh i mean they've they destroyed jacksonville they destroy the steelers they're one of those teams that they will go out if they are humming it doesn't really matter um i mean is anybody gonna argue about this pick right now this is the best team in the league I and mean, Daniel what do i need to say they have the most good players They lost a Safety Hufunga for the year. That's a bummer, but that's a position you can overcome. Left tackle, maybe not. Uh, Probably not with Trent Williams. But there, there we go. There's my... And again, I'll say it again. I think Philadelphia at three and Kansas City at five, they're not right right now. But if you told me in three weeks, it will go San Francisco, Kansas City, Philly. But the herd hierarchy is not standings. It's right now. And right now, the Chiefs and the Eagles are just not right. Nick, right now, joining us, my buddy,
3: first things first. All right, take a shot. What didn't you like? No. Well, no, I liked a lot of it. You say more nice things about the Chiefs the lower they are. (laughs) When you have them one or two, you spend all the time talking about what's wrong with them. At five, you're like, they'll be fine being the sixth-rate AFC championship game. I... I do think the the only omission that I would have, Colin, now that we know it doesn't look like Trevor's done for the year, it's just a high ankle sprain. You and I have been two of the only people supporting the Jags all year. I think you've got to have the Jags on there. But aside from that, I think it's a really good herd hierarchy. That The Niners do deserve right now to be a top... You know, power rankings or any type of, you know, the the hierarchies as of this very moment, even if a lot of us still have questions about what they are going to look like at the end of the year. And I agree with you on Philly, like before this stretch of games started, if we when we talked about Philly, we were, were saying, man, If they can go three and two, they're in really good shape. Well, if they lose to Dallas, they still went three and two. If they beat Dallas, they went four and one. So I agree you shouldn't sell out the Philly short. Kansas City's got to get some things right. They didn't look right. And I, I would argue this, Con, I want your take on it. The Chiefs have not played many big regular season games in Mahomes' career. I think Sunday in the national window with a chance to basically end the Bills season and recapture probably the positioning for the one seed is about as big of a spot the Chiefs and Mahomes have had in the regular season because if they lose then all of a sudden, the, it, it, the playoffs are not going to go through Arrowhead, and Buffalo has real life to make the postseason. So I think Sunday's a massive spot for the Chiefs. I do, and I think what what's happened is the margins
2: have shrunk. So they're not the kind of team yeah. that can come down, you know, twenty four nothing like they did against the Texans in a playoff game. That's not what they are anymore, and that's what happens when you pay the quarterback a lot. You lose some talent out of the building, and the margins shrink. But I would say that and, and Drew Bree saw this in his career where he took the money for three years, the margins went, you know, suboptimal and they couldn't make the playoffs. So this is a the good news is great GM, great owner, great coach, great quarterback, excellent young defense. But I also think what's interesting about that game is both of us now, you before me and me now, have kind of sold our Bill stock. But they are like the old late Mike Mike Tyson in his last few years. Nobody, nobody still wanted to. Yeah, nobody
3: still wanted to face him. (laughs) You wouldn't go to your
2: promoter. Get me Tyson.
3: And it's a tough spot. I mean, the Bills coming off a bye. The Chiefs coming off Sunday night football where they had a bunch of key guys either dinged up or lost for at least the next few weeks. So there are the the Bills are full-on desperate, and the Chiefs seem to be in a bit of a funk. So there are a lot of indicators saying this is a game Buffalo should be able to go to Kansas City and win. And it's also worth noting that the Bills have had success against the Chiefs Chiefs in the regular season the last few years, even if they haven't had any postseason success against the Chiefs. That's why I'm so fascinated in this game from a Chiefs perspective. If the Kansas City offense does have another gear that it's going to get to come the postseason, if come the postseason pardon me, the plan is shorten the receiver rotation, have Rasheed Rice and the other couple receivers you somewhat trust get the vast majority of the snaps rather than rotating five, six, seven different receivers in, then Sunday we're going to see it. If it's, if that, if they are not able to do that against a Bills defense that I think is very susceptible, then their, their path to winning might simply be great defense and Mahomes make a few plays in tight, low scoring games, which I still think is a viable path, but I don't think it's necessarily what they want to be their only path. And I think we'll find out if it is on Sunday. So uh, I used your line
2: earlier and gave you credit that uh, at Fox we had the uh, San Francisco Niners uh, 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 and the Seahawks game. We're promoting it, and Brock Purdy's not on the photo. It's Christian McCaffrey. Second,
3: yeah, second straight week he couldn't make the photo for Niners Eagles hire either. he can be MVP favorite. He can't make the promo. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, if there's a movie poster and you're not on it, (laughs) you don't. You're not the star of the movie. So. Yeah. Uh, so, but my takeaway is there's this MVP talk, and my take is Dak's the MVP because he's he is absolutely more valuable to the ecosystem. I got Kyle Shanahan's career. I got Matt Ryan a Super Bowl, Garoppolo a Super Bowl. The minute he leaves their life, yeah. they're not the same quarterback. So my yeah, take course. is I would
3: vote Dak MVP today. I think it's a weird yes. year. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Oh, I, if, uh, amongst the quarterbacks, Dak has the far and away most compelling case. If we're gonna expand it outside of quarterbacks up until the last couple of weeks, I thought, I told you I thought Miles Garrett had a strong case and certainly Tyreek Hill is to me. To me, Tua and Purdy are in a similar bucket and I can acknowledge they actually both in different ways might be a little better than I thought they were originally. And I would ask everyone else to acknowledge, but they are clearly not even close to the most valuable player on their own offense. In Purdy's case, I think he is the fourth most valuable player on his offense. I think Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo are all more valuable to the Niners than Brock Purdy. That is not an indictment. Saying a guy is not going to get the single most prestigious individual award the league gives out is not saying he's a bum, but it is acknowledging the fact that right now, anyone in America that is not picking the Niners to coast to the Super Bowl, there are only two possible reasons. One is, well, we're afraid of injury, but that applies to every single team. The other one is, you have questions about their quarterback. If the big, like, I would phrase it like this, Colin. Colin. Right now, the biggest question mark about the Niners is what? The only possible answer, it's not the defense giving up the fewest points in the league. It's not the running game of the best running back in the league. It's not the offensive line with Trent Williams. It's not the scheme with Kyle Shanahan. The only question is if they get down in the game, can Purdy make plays? Yeah. And if the only question surrounding your team is about a certain player, that player can't then also <laughs> be the MVP of the league. Right. And Dak has been excellent. Yes. I mean, I we, we I agree with you on Dak, and at some point with Dak, we have to remove some of what you know we thought about him going into this year after a down year last year and acknowledge he has done everything all of us have asked him to do coming into the year. Yeah. He has made big plays, he has thrown for a lot of yards, and he's done it without turning the ball over. Yeah, listen, I wasn't a
2: huge Cam Newton fan, but he had a year where you where he won the MVP and it was like, I, I don't love him, but he's a huge talent, and he was the MVP. I don't love, a Dak's a B-plus guy, but you can't deny he's playing unbelievable football, and he's way more valuable. I think the Brock Purdy point is a great one, that you can't be MVP of the league if the only question we have about your side of the ball is, will the MVP candidate Chunks or be- I mean like- Right. Right, it's legit. It's
3: not, it can't be, and Dak is, and CeeDee Lamb is awesome, and Micah's awesome, and all of that stuff. But Dak is on the cover of the poster. Yeah. Your movie poster, to use your analogy. It's no question. Or, to use a more contemporaneous analogy, you know, I was in L.A. this week, kind of, yeah. you know, feeling good about myself, success of the show. I drive onto that Fox lot, you know, the first thing I see, a giant 60-foot <laughs> Colin Cowherd head. I I, I I looked at every bathroom in the place to see if there was a single picture of old Nick Wright. Can't find one. Yeah. But Colin's just plastered all over the place. It's a good reminder of what the star attraction is, whether it's <laughs> A team or a television network; these things are just true.
2: That's right. So, um, you
3: know, I was saying That's this. Right. I have defended
2: Robert Sala, and you can lose games. Oof. You can't lose a locker room. Dave Wannstedt always says that. You can lose games. You lose a locker room. You get fired. If Zach Wilson's been asked to be quarterback and said no, thank you, and you got Aaron Rodgers running things now, the the Packers coddled him. It didn't work. The Jets said it's a disaster. Yes. I feel like. I, I, I'm I'm starting to feel strongly that this Aaron Rodgers thing isn't just a hiccup, that it's just an unraveling, spiraling mess that's yeah. going to get the coach fired. Am I wrong?
3: What? somebody, I, I think it's going to get somebody fired. And, I mean, you didn't even mention this ongoing multi-week charade that Aaron Rodgers was ever going to play professional tackle football this season, and that everyone involving the Jets is just engaging in like a, like a little kid's imaginary friend, like just placating him, like, oh, it makes him feel better. Yeah, we, we set a table, a seat at the dinner table for him. It doesn't bother anybody. Nobody ever thought he was playing. I watched that when everyone's like, oh, he's cleared for practice. Go watch that practice video and you'll see a fun, uh, you'll see an interesting moment where all the Jets quarterbacks are just lightly uh, jumping in the air. And Aaron is not. And then you'll see a video of everyone jogging. And Aaron is by seven steps in last, which is fine. He's a 40-year-old quarterback. But also the idea that he was about to come play football games in 17 days was a farce to begin with. And now we go on with the, the fact that the backup quarterback situation all year was Zach and his buddy Tim Boyle and a disaster. And people, here's the part of it. Colin, where I don't know if it's Joe Douglas, I don't know if it's Robert Sala, but someone needs to be held to account for this. The Indianapolis Colts lost their quarterback Early in the year, they're 7-5. and five. The Cleveland Browns lost yeah. their quarterback multiple times, lost their backup quarterback multiple times. They're 7-5. and five. We just saw the Cincinnati Bengals, who didn't have a healthy quarterback at the beginning of the year, have Jake Browning. They're 6-6, six and six, and he looks like he can play. How many be- – the Steelers just lost Kenny Pickett. They have Mitch Trubisky, who's not great, but at least is passable. T- to have no contingency plan for your near – well, now 40, but at the time soon – be 40-year-old quarterback and just trot out a guy Who I would I don't blame him for not wanting to play if that's true, Colin. I would also not want to do something that I can't do in front of millions of people. If they were like, hey Nick, halftime of the Super Bowl, you're gonna unicycle. I'd be like, I don't know how to unicycle. Like, too bad we're asking you to do it. I would ask not to. He doesn't know how to play NFL quarterback. It's not fair to ask him to keep doing it, and they've jerked him back and forth. So I don't know if it's Douglas or Sala or if it's just Aaron Rodgers pulling all the strings, but it is an unmitigated disaster that some of us could have seen coming that i think and last point colin I don't think the Jets, is like, oh, if Aaron didn't pop his Achilles, everything would have been fine. The idea that anybody was going to be able to be competent behind that offensive line or not get dinged was ludicrous to begin with. And so, yeah, it was poor planning, and it's gone about as poorly as possible.
2: Nick Wright, first things first, shows on fire. It was in L.A. yesterday. They flew back probably some swanky private jet thing. It's great seeing you, buddy. Oh, oh, yeah, you're such a smartass.
3: I'll talk to you later. Come by.
2: I'm sure it was a, a five-seat private jet. Got him back to the East Coast. It's in time for their uh, highly uh, promoted and marketed show. We do appreciate that. No jealousy at all. Uh, oh, J-Mac, i got
3: to tell you something off
2: the air that's a big deal. Maybe yeah. it'll make the air. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just shook
3: from what Nick said. He made a phenomenal point. He, he said there's no images of him here around the uh,
1: facility yeah, at Got Fox. Yeah. I just thought about it. There's none of me. And I'm out here. He's in New York. How am I not? I mean, I uh, joined yeah, the show. We go to the moon.
2: Yeah, take Let's go. Hey,
1: is management watching you, think? Or? Yeah, it's a good point.
2: Yeah. Management's making it clear.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With Similbo Grease